Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. You're listening to Newcastle Fast FM, and this is The Read Show, a show aimed at getting listeners interested in and into reading more. The first revelation and instruction for our beloved prophet, peace be upon him, was to read. So let's read, think, and talk about books and sources of information and knowledge for the next hour. Remember that you can listen to The Read Show live or recordings of it on Facebook and YouTube. My name is Hanat, and I'll be co-presenting today's show with um, Sister Amna. And we also have a special guest, Sister Samar, in the studio today. Today's topic is Ramadan now, and we'll be discussing what exactly is happening, especially with the impact of COVID and you know other circumstances that are happening where you are. Um, inshallah, we'll be starting with the most important book, the Quran. Uh, Sister Amna will be reading some relevant uh, translated verses from the Quran, insha'Allah. Bismillah. In the name of Allah, the kind, the caring. Believers, fasting has been prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those before you. So become mindful of Allah. Fast for a fixed number of days. But if any of you is ill or on a journey, then let him fast an equivalent number of days later. The obligatory compensation on those who do not fast is to feed a needy person if they cannot fast it. However, anyone who voluntarily does good will benefit from that, but to fast would be better for you if you knew. The Quran was revealed in the month of Ramadan. The Quran is a guidance for people. It contains clear teachings and distinguishes right from wrong. Whoever is present in the month must fast in it. But if anyone is ill or on a journey, then let him fast an equivalent number of days later. Allah wants ease for you, not difficulty, and wants to see you complete the compulsory number of fasts. So glorify Allah for guiding you and become thankful. That is from Surah Al-Baqarah, um, Ayah 183 to 185. Um, I'm going to now read the commentary um, as it was prescribed this does not this does not mean that the Muslim fast is like the other fasts previously observed in the number of days in the time or the manner of the fast or in other incidents it only means that the principle of self-denial by fasting is not a new one this verse should be read with the following verses 185 to 188 in order that the incidence of the physical fast may be fully understood with reference to its spiritual meaning. The Muslim fast is not meant for self-torture. Although it is stricter than other fasts, it also provides alleviations for special circumstances. If it were merely a temporary temporary abstention from food and drink, it would be salutary to many people who habitually eat and drink to excess. The instincts for food, drink, and sex are strong in the animal nature, and temporary restraint from all these enables the attention to be directed to higher things. This is necessary through prayer, contemplation, and acts of charity, not of the showy kind, but by seeking out those really in need. Certain standards are prescribed, but not, but much higher standards are recommended. So that was the commentary as well with the um, ayahs. Sister Sama, what are your thoughts on this, these ayahs?
of fasting in the past, especially um, because um, like the Bani Israel is noted in the Quran, for example, in the story of um, the prophet uh, um, Zachariah, um, when he um, asked Allah, when he made dua to Allah for a child, um, then he was like, he was fasting, but his type of fasting, the way they used to fast in those days was by not speaking. So when I when I read these ayat, I kind of think about like the different ways that we should fast. It's not specifically just eating and drinking, because one of the things that I experienced as um, a new Muslim, and even before like coming to Islam, I had done some fasting. But in my mind, I kind of thought about it as just refraining from eating. I didn't really think about it, you know, to the level of like the spirituality side of it. So I think. Um, for people for example who can't fast physically by doing the actual like refraining from eating and drinking because of like maybe um physical illnesses or something like that, chronic conditions for example um it's important for all of us in general obviously but even for them as well like this is something they could probably try to focus on a lot more so like thinking about what we say and refraining from like bad speech and you know a lot of the times um stuff like for example cutting out the television for the, for the month of ramadan or at least minimizing it and you know really being careful what we watch what we listen to and really just trying to like build that spiritual connection with allah because fasting is more than just not eating and drinking so if somebody couldn't fast maybe because they were traveling or for any other reason like that you're having a day off for example it doesn't mean that it's not ramadan anymore it's still ramadan so we have to still keep that spirit of ramadan alive um, and then even outside of Ramadan with making up those fasts as well is important to even though it's very difficult to have that kind of spirit of Ramadan because it's not the community element there um, it's also important to like have that spirituality in mind as well at those other times because Ramadan is a month to help us to try to improve ourselves in general it's not just so we can improve ourselves just for this month but inshallah after the month of Ramadan we should try to continue um, basically improving ourselves and if we can keep up at least one good habit that we've picked up during Ramadan then you know our lives will be better inshallah yeah I couldn't agree more with you sisters and um, sister Hannah yes uh, alhamdulillah I definitely agree um, I think sister Sama has nailed it on the head that yeah. this fast is is different and you've said it in the commentary that the fast of the muslim is different um yes it's food drink and intercourse from uh dawn to dusk but um it's in our mannerisms and it's, it's that spiritual connection with allah and i think it's worth at this point going into hadith actually because we do have some hadith commentary on these ayahs and um, you've read um so the commentary um, is that made by uh, Dr. Muhammad Al-Halali and Dr. Mohsin Khan. Um, and they talk about Sa'un fasting, that is not to eat or drink or have sexual relations from the Adan of Fajr to sunset. Um, and it talks about the few exceptions as Sister Sama has mentioned, you know, the very old person, pregnancy. And it just goes to show that, as you said in your commentary, Amna, that this, um, the, the Ramadan fast, the fast of the Muslim, is not for torture, it's not for self-torture. Um, it's, it's more of that spiritual connection and developing or enhancing it again with our Lord. Narrated Talha ibn Ubaidullah, a Bedouin with unkept hair came to Allah's Messenger and said, O Allah's Messenger, 
inform me what Allah has made compulsory for me as regards the salah? And he replied, you have to offer perfectly the five compulsory salah in a day and night, unless you want to pray more often. The Bedouin further asked, inform me what Allah has made compulsory for me as regards the fasting. And the Prophet replied, you have to fast during the whole month of Ramadan unless you want to fast more as Nawafil. The Bedouin further asked, tell me how much zakah Allah has enjoined on me. The narrator added, then Allah's Messenger informed him all about the laws of Islam. The Bedouin then said, by him who has honored you, I will neither perform any Nawafil nor will I decrease what Allah has enjoined on me. Allah's Messenger said, if he is saying the truth, he will succeed. So, and that success he was referring to was that he will be granted paradise. This is from Sahih al-Bukhari. Another hadith on this, narrated Abu Huraira, Allah's Messenger وسلم, said, Asiyam, the fasting, is Jannah, so that's protection or shield from the hellfire. So the person observing the fasting should avoid sexual relations with his wife, and should not behave foolishly and imprudently. And if somebody fights him or abuses him, he should say to him twice, I am fasting. The Prophet ﷺ added, by him in whose hand is my soul, the smell coming out from the mouth of a fasting person is better with Allah than the smell of musk. And this is Allah saying about the fasting person, that he has left his food, drink and desires for my sake. The fast is for me, so I will reward it, for the reward of good deeds is multiplied ten times. Other variants of that are that although all practicing of worship is for Allah, Allah Azawajal here singles out fasting, because fasting cannot be practiced for the sake of showing off. Nobody except Allah can know whether one is fasting or not. Therefore, fasting is a pure performance that cannot be blemished by hypocrisy. Narrated Abu Huraira, the Prophet said, He who does not give up lying speech, false statements, and acting on lies and evil actions, then Allah is not in need of his leaving his food and drink. So that is Allah will not accept his fasting. So at the end of the day, uh, I think with this hadith, it goes on to buttress the comments, um, you know, Sister Samara and Sister Amna have made so far, you know, Sister Amna? Yeah, it ties in really nicely, doesn't it? So, like you said, with with what Sister Samar said as well, it's, it's not just about the, like cutting off your food and <clears throat> cutting off your food and drink um, from sunrise to sunset. There's more to it, it's forgotten your speech as well, um, which obviously the Hadith highlights as well. So, yeah, it all ties in nicely. Sister Simone, what are your thoughts? Yeah, alhamdulillah. Just like I was saying, um, you know, this the fast is more than the physical. It's a spiritual thing. And the physical things in this world, I think another point to mention is that we are distracted by this physical world from the spiritual. So this is one of the ways to get in touch with the spiritual by taking away those physical elements that, you know, we we do have control over those things we do have control over our physical selves so if you want to really have control over our spiritual selves um then 
cutting off those you know physical things eating and drinking which are halal as well obviously these are halal for us ordinarily but by giving ourselves this kind of restriction it's a form of discipline as well there's even like a lot of non-muslims who talk about the benefits of fasting of being celibates of um you know of doing intermittent fasting just for their own physical well-being and as well their spiritual health even though maybe they're not muslim for example but they see the benefits in their lives. So as Muslims, like what more can we do? We can do a lot more because we have that connection with our creator. We have the connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have the five daily prayers as well, which goes along with it. So, you know, those people who are fasting and, you know, uh, it's a good time for us to try to go even more in depth um, with our prayers and um, try to like really be focused when we're praying you know don't let's not don't let be don't let us be people that are just thinking oh well i can't wait to eat you know it's not that's it's not it shouldn't be like that we shouldn't be having this kind of obviously we're going to feel hungry at times but it's not our focus our focus is we want to fill our spiritual souls and not um you know not just our physical bellies because we're much more than that yes yes inshallah sister summer um I mean, there's a comment here from Russia that we must really try to reach the depths, you know, with our fasting, and and that's what we've been talking about. You know, fasting is for increasing the taqwa. Sister Russia uh, emphasizes, and that is true. I mean, there's a lot to be said about this. You know, um, Sister Ikram has added, yes, when you remove food and drink, and you have a lot more time. To, for spiritual actions to perform them and, and other good actions in general. And, uh, you know, alhamdulillah, you know, and we can see when we when we think about these benefits, Sister Samar, Sister Am has mentioned, and our, comment, uh, our audience have commented about, we see that there's a wisdom, there's a lot of hikmah in the fast. Uh, in fact, I was listening um, to Quran Cast. So again, that's another suggestion for our audience to go and listen. Um, Quran Cast is a series of 30 episodes of commentary on the Quran. Um, and you can find that on SoundCloud. Um, but he was saying that the fast is very much a preparation for spiritual growth and receiving Allah's guidance. And he stressed that that's the reason why we're encouraged to read as much of Quran as possible. Quran is the means by which Allah communicates and speaks to his servants. And to make us more receptive, we fast. He gave the example of Musa alayhi salam, who had to fast uh, 30 days plus 10 uh, before he was received um, you know, in Allah's presence to receive um, his, his revelation, the, the tablets. So that a lot of people, uh, um, when we look through history, fasting was an essential part. And Sister Samar has cited the example of you know, Zakaria alayhi salam. Um, so yes, mashallah, I think, you know, these are very important, uh, portents for us to take away from the Ramadan. And I think one tip I, I learned about, and I practice it now is that when we feel hungry or tired, or that's, that seems to be what wants, what wants to preoccupy our minds during the fast, we should go and do wudu, you know, we can observe noafil or we should read Quran. And we find that it's only in a, in a short time that, you know, those thoughts have left us and we're connecting again with the spirit and our reason for fasting. Yeah. Um, 
Um, and I think this is a good point, a uh, good time, a uh, point in the show um, to read what the Prophet Sallallahu had to say, you know, in his Ramadan Qutta. Uh, Sister Sama, inshallah. Yes, Ibn Khazayma and reported on the authority of Salman al-Farsi that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, addressed us on the last day of Shaban and said, O people, there comes to you now a great month, a blessed month, a month in which there is a night which is better than a thousand months, which is referring to the night of Laylatul Qadr. Allah has made fasting in it compulsory and standing in prayer at night voluntary, the Salat al-Tarawih. Whoever draws near to Allah by performing any virtuous deed, even a small good action, shall be like the one who had performed an obligatory act in any other time, and whoever performs an obligatory act shall be like the one who performed 70 obligatory acts at any other time. It is the month of, of, of patience, sabr, and the reward for patience is paradise. It is the month of sympathy when, with one's fellow men. It is the month wherein a believer's provision is increased. Whoever provides iftar for a fasting person in it, then that shall be a forgiveness for his minor sins and freedom from the fire. And for such a feeder, there will be the same reward as the one who fasted that he fed, re without that person's reward being decreased in the least. They, the companions, said, O Messenger of Allah, not all of us possess the means whereby we can provide iftar to a fasting person. He وسلم, said, Allah grants this reward to the one who gives a fasting person to break the fast one date or a drink of water or a sip of milk. And it is the month, the first part of which is mercy, the middle part of which is forgiveness, and the last part of which is freedom from the fire. Whoever lessens the burden of his servant in this month, Allah will forgive him and free him from the fire. So in this month, increase in four things. Two of these things you will please your Lord by doing, and two of these things are indispensable to you. As for the two things which you will which you will please your Lord by, they are testifying that there is no God worthy of worship except Allah, and seeking his forgiveness. As for those two things which you are dis indispensable to you, you should ask Allah for paradise and seek refuge in him from the fire. And whoever gave in the Ramadan to a fasting person water to drink, Allah shall grant that giver a drink from my fountain, such a drink where that person shall never again feel thirsty until he enters paradise. Allah Sister Amna, do you have any comments? Yeah, I think I, I really like how um, it's like the rewards are really emphasized here and it shows you that even the smallest act can go a long way, such as like feeding the one who's fasting and even like helping them break their fast by just the simple act of like giving water and dates and I just think that's really beautiful and it kind of like reminds you like like the essence of Islam as well so I think that's really beautiful yes alhamdulillah sister Samar did you want to give any more comments 
Um, yeah, alhamdulillah. I just think, um, mashallah, the hadith is beautiful because it, it points to um, what many people who can't fast, for example, could do possibly if they if they want to get some rewards of fasting as well. So those who can't fast because of illnesses or any other reasons, they could try to feed people who are fasting and um, get part of that reward as well. So I think that's one of the um, beautiful things that's been pointed out in this hadith. And also the emphasis on, um, you know, testifying that there's no God worthy of worship but Allah and asking for forgiveness because Ramadan is the month of forgiveness. And it also mentions that um, the month is the month that where the risk is um, our provisions are increased as well. So it's important to make a lot of dua during Ramadan. And one of the things that um, in the hadith, it mentions that the dua of the fasting person is not rejected. So when we do break our fast, um, we are encouraged to make dua um, before and during this time in order to um, increase in, in goodness, inshallah. So that's an important time that we should be really taking to um, make as much dua as possible. Yes, mashallah. Um, definitely, you know, Ramadan is the month of um, the Quran, is the month of dua, is the month of seeking forgiveness. And, and I think that um, those two indispensable things of, you know, that la ilaha illallah, that dhikr, you know, remembering Allah continuously throughout the month um, has been emphasizing that last khutbah, those key things we should be doing and seeking forgiveness. And I think if we go in deeper, we can see recommended dua, you know, during this time, the Prophet said to Aisha, you know, allow my microphone to heal afwan, afwani, you know, prayers for forgiveness we should say, you know, and, and I think, you know, when we face hardship, especially during this month, especially for those fasting in the West, where, you know, the hours, the time is going to continuously increase till the end of this month, you know, um, you know, we do need that dhikri, you know, on our tongues, in our minds to help us keep going, Biramatullah. Um, just moving on now, um, we did have some comments from, you know, our listeners. Um, you know, supporting what has been read, you know, from the Quran and the Hadith, you know, um, may Allah give us the reward uh, for this fasting, you know, um, some people talking about uh, previous comments, Sister Samara mentioned, like, I'm traveling today, you know, yes, for those who are traveling, um, you know, they are exempt, but again, you would still observe the demeanor, as Sister Samara has mentioned, of the fasting person, you know, and um, yeah, so it's 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 discouraged for, for example, women who are not fasting, either from breastfeeding, menses and all that, to go out open in public and start eating, you know, and things like that. That is not the, the manner, the behavior or attitude that is encouraged during Ramadan. So yeah, the fast is comprehensive and it's more of spiritual connection and we should have that demeanor and, and behavior and modesty throughout the fasting month, whether or not we are physically fasting uh, and alhamdulillah Allah has again made it easy such that the people can be fed you know for those who find fasting difficult or who are exempt for any reason and their reward shall not be diminished whether they fed the person or the person who was fed so inshallah moving on um sister samar someone has actually asked in the chat can we recommend any books um, and i'll go to sister samar first inshallah Mashallah. Um, there's a book called Patience, actually, Patience and Gratitude. I can't remember the author, actually, but it's that I think that's a really good book because 
I think it has it carries with it, even though it's not specifically about Ramadan, but that that's the book that kind of came to my mind when I saw this question because um I think that it, that it carries the, the spirit of Ramadan, you know, patience, having patience to do the actual fasting itself, refraining from eating and drinking, from you know, marital relations, and also gratitude. And the gratitude is something that a lot of the time, you know, we can miss if we feel that um, we're deficient in certain things or we there's certain things that we want and we can't get them. Sometimes we forget to have the gratitude for the things that we do have. And gratitude is more than just saying, oh, alhamdulillah. It's, it's having that feeling inside of contentment and being pleased with whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. You know, so um, and Allah does tell us in the Quran, if I'm grateful, I will give you more. I'll just look up, inshallah, I'll try to have a look to see that, um, if I can find the author. But it, the book is available online. And that is something that I read, um, I think it was maybe last year or so, but I found that a really beneficial book and it's not too long as well. Yes, alhamdulillah. Um, Patience and Gratitude is a, a very popular and recommended book. Uh, Sister Sama, you're right. Uh, that book is by Ibn Kohim al Josiah. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually have it on my phone. I've gone through it a few times. And, you know, it, it is, mashallah, a very, very important book. And you can see from the readings that the Prophet said that, you know, the, the Ramadan, the month is that of patience. You know, it does require a lot of patience, I think, to abstain and no one is seeing you and to hold your tongue, uh, you know, and things like that. So, um, definitely, I, I agree with Sister Summer. That is a wonderful book. Um, as Sister Summer said, uh, that book, Patience and Gratitude, is available uh, to download uh, as a PDF free online yeah. and is by um, uh, Evening. Josia. yeah. Uh, Sister Amna, do you have any suggestions for books or pamphlets or magazines uh, during Ramadan to our audience? Yes, so that is a it's actually a children's book that um, I recently saw, which I think is quite um, beneficial for smaller children. Um, and it's it's called Welcome Ramadan by Leela Asif Tarabain. Um, it's a good word for, um, it's been published by Good Word. Um, and it goes, it's quite, it's not very short, but it's not very long either. It's a good length and it, goes over the basics and really simplifies what Ramadan is um, for children. So if you're looking for your younger audience or your children, I think that's, that's a really good book to recommend um, for them. Yes, Alhamdulillah. I think that's a good suggestion. Um, um, I have some other suggestions as well for our audience with regards to books, but I just want to highlight that, you know, um, these books don't have to be finished during Ramadan. Um, you know, there's so many good deeds, there's so many things we can do to connect with our Lord, to help maintain our motivation throughout the Ramadan month. We don't have to literally sit down and read a book from cover to cover. It may be a few pages. You may skim through the contents and chapters and find that, you know, this particular chapter resonates with me. I'm gonna read that as my khutbah for today, for example. Um, so yes, you don't have to read through. I mean, some of the books we can suggest, I, I could suggest is from our classical um, scholars and authors. Um, so something like from Sheikh Muhammad Salih Ibn Uthaymin. Um, he has 
produce pamphlets. You know, they're short readings that you can download free online. So there's one he has done, which is Guidance for Muslims. Um, he has also done one on titled Fasting, the Great Act of Worship. And he has also done a third one, which is titled The Wisdom Behind Fasting. So, you know, these three uh, works by Sheikh uh, Soli Ibn Uthaymin are available online and can download free as PDFs. Um, is there anything else? Because, you know, it, it's, there's a spiritual side, but the truth is, if you are not healthy, if you are not strong, actually, um, <laughs> you may find it very challenging to do, you know, as many good deeds or many acts of worship or even connect spiritually, as we were saying, Sister Samar? Yes, definitely. If you're not healthy, that is that's one of the things. So, obviously, as Muslims, we are encouraged to um, eat what is halal. Okay, this is something that Allah tells us in the Quran. We should eat what it is um, the halal and tayyib, which the tayyib is something it means good. And I think this is part of the, um, you know, something that gets often neglected during Ramadan, especially when you know, mashallah, we have so many beautiful cultures where there's amazing food being cooked. And, and we place a lot of emphasis on food as well. And a lot of the times we're eating food that actually isn't gonna be beneficial to our physical bodies. So we can get the real maximum kind of benefit of fasting in the physical side as well. Yes, definitely fasting is um, a spiritual thing, but we should also try to improve our physical health as well. Because obviously, like you said, if we don't have good physical health, then it's gonna affect the, the physical, um, acts of worship that we do such as salah and obviously even fasting because some people can't fast because they have these physical illnesses but if we look at the root causes of them it could be because of the food that we eat in you know day to day we're not eating healthily we're having a lot of junk food um foods which are you know not natural um so there's so many um things like tied in with that and um you know i was listening to some of the um sirah recently and one of the du'as that uh, umar and he used to make um is that he said he used to seek refuge with Allah against the strong believer, the strong disbeliever, and he would seek refuge with Allah from the weak believer. So being being weak as a Muslim is not something which is preferred, you know. Um, and even the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says that the um, strong believer is like one who is like very dear to Allah. So this is not just your, your iman, your actual belief in your heart. It's also to do with your physical strength as well. Because if you have that physical strength, then you can do more for the Ummah, you can help more people, you can benefit others as well as yourself and your family too. So it's really important um, to um, like focus on that side as well. Like it is a good opportunity because fasting is a natural detox for the body. So when you have been doing that, um, and as I mentioned earlier, and a lot of non-Muslims do intermittent fasting. So this is the style of fasting that we do as Muslims. It is an intermittent type of fasting. And even non-Muslims, they will, you know, not eat for 20 hours and have one meal in that um, the time that they are um, um, allowed to eat. So, and they do this because it actually helps to regenerate, regenerate your body cells and helps the body to repair itself as well. So we wouldn't be benefiting from this if we um, give the body the wrong type of fuel after breaking the fast. So it's very important to um, try to eat healthy, good foods, you know, wholesome nutrients and um, fruits and vegetables, obviously these kinds of things and placing emphasis on food that is local to you and also food that is um, in season as well. These are the, and that's also from something that is from the sunnah. We should eat the fruits and, and the, the, the foods that are in season. 
because they're in season for a reason if we look into um you know why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us you know there's only certain foods that grow throughout them at certain times of the year it's because those are the ones that we need for those times and um obviously living in the west and having access to food from all over the world is, is it can be an advantage in some ways but it's also a disadvantage because our health isn't better than people for example who might live in third world countries okay because we have a lot of illnesses and why why is that happening so these are all things that we can reflect on i, I personally think that um we should take more time to reflect on that as well inshallah Yes, definitely, mashallah. Um, Sister Amna, did you want to add anything more to that? Um, you know, a lot of hikmah Sister Sama has brought out, uh, uh, you know, uh, from that. Um, did you want to add anything? Yeah, like Sister Sama said that, obviously the physical, I think we've got a comment here which um, says that definitely we often neglect our physical health, but it's so important to make sure we look after our bodies, mind, body, soul, it's all in connect interconnected and absolutely it is um and I'd, I'd probably add that we can also it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with there are different means and um, not just giving up food but giving up um this, like full speech but there's also other ways to gain rewards like giving a charity um and obviously it's encouraged more during Ramadan because obviously we get rewarded more for it and it does bring us closer to um Allah as well um an app that i could recommend for um well i actually use it throughout the year but a good app would be um share the meal where you can just set up um like your credit card or debit card on the app so that you can basically um donate money to um, a cause any cause for that charity and um you can donate as little as I believe 65 pence um, to over 100 pounds. So there's really like no excuse in that sense where you feel like you, you can't um, help out because the smallest amount can make obviously the biggest difference, not just literally for someone, but also aesthetically as well. Like you're, you're doing, you're giving Zaka basically, you're, you're giving a charity, you're giving back to um, the community and to the Ummah. So, um, yeah, I would, I would also recommend that. Sister Amna. Yeah, I think food, we talked about um, food and the strength and the health uh, 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 side of things with regards to Ramadan now. Um, and yeah, Sister Amna has mentioned an app, and I think that's a good cue for us to move on to other sources of information and knowledge. Um, when it comes to um, being healthy this Ramadan, um, I think a lot of uh, websites can be very useful to us. Um, I think the top of the list definitely would be um, a book, an e-book, a free e-book, downloadable from the Muslim Council of Britain website, and is the Ramadan Health Guide. Uh, this is endorsed by the NHS and it was spearheaded, its, uh, its production was spearheaded by Communities in Action. So that's the team with um, Imam Ajmal. Um, they, they actually detail in that book, uh, go into Ramadan fasting, what foods are recommended, who should fast, who should not fast. 
Um, they go into the, the bits, Sister Summer has mentioned, the physiological changes that occur during a fast, the foods that benefit us and the foods that harm us. Um, it goes into the spirituality and food, you know, what we gain from fasting, potential health complications and the remedies. Um, I think personally, you know, I've been caught out. So I think a few days ago I had, you know, a giant slice of cake and, you know, I felt it <laughs> at Sahur and I felt it the following day. So, and, and I think, it, you know, it, it's just a reminder that there's some foods that are probably not very, <laughs> very good for us this time, but, and it does require a lot of discipline, you know, to hold back you know, and, and do things the right way. You know, I knew it probably wasn't a good idea, but, you know, I was going to have this small slice and that small slice, and I ended up having so much more. Um, but yes, um, a lot of um, charities, a lot of government sites are now are very aware of Ramadan, and they, they love, there's a lot of health promotion around it. So if you are in the UK, you would find the government website, you know, it's www.gov.uk and it's government news, healthy fasting during Ramadan because they're trying to promote um, healthy fasting and, you know, um, and health and guidance for it, you know, for the Muslims to practice. Um, the British Nutrition Foundation as well, you know, they have published something on a healthy Ramadan and it discusses fasting, you know, for those who are pregnant, you know, it discusses the traditional Ramadan foods from around the world, um, you know, and they even have a blog discussing to fast or not to fast, you know, and they, they go into detail with regards to Ramadan and diabetes because diabetes is a huge thing now, especially for, you know, a lot of the Muslim um, world. Um, and again, it's highly related to diet as well as, as hereditary, but it's how to manage it and our diet, especially for, for when we have health conditions and fasting is very important. Um, one, um, uh, another body that issues uh, uh, a guidance on this is the WHO. Uh, the WHO has nutrition news and the Eastern Mediterranean Regional Office has issued uh, a booklet um, on the dietary recommendations for the month of Ramadan. Um, and again, you know, all this goes to support that really, if we don't do it in a healthy way, if we don't do our Ramadan in a way that we are mindful of our health, we probably won't maximize and reap the benefits of it health-wise as well as spiritual. Um, Sister Samar, do you have any apps, websites, audios, videos to suggest to our speakers as well? Um, not really any apps. I'm not really much of an app person when it comes to um, things like that. Um, but a friend did send me a video yesterday, actually, which I really found quite beneficial. And it was um, a doctor. What's his name? Dr. Berg, who's a keto consultant. I don't really know much about the keto diet, but I know that's something a lot of people interested in health and fitness, you know, kind of look into these days and like... It's, um, a, it's a, um, a diet that's based on eating a lot of like, you know, healthy fats and um, veg good vegetables and, you know, meats, healthy meats and things like that, the p healthy proteins. So he talks about, um, he's, he's, he's got a video about fasting in the Ramadan specifically. So I found that really beneficial. It's called My Opinion on Fasting Ramadan. So he talks about the many benefits of fasting during the month of Ramadan and how you know how we can actually get to you know the you know the most out of it from the physical aspect um so he does point to an um, another video where he explains which foods are good for 
you know, having to break your fast and also um, before you um, start fasting in the day as well, for, so for the Sahur time. So I thought that was um, quite insightful, actually, because I don't really know much about the keto um, diets, but yeah, I thought that was quite insightful. Jazakallah khair. Sister Amna, do you have any websites, apps, videos, audios, you know, that you, you would like to suggest as well that may be helpful during Ramadan? Yeah, I think we mentioned some in yesterday's show as well. Um, like, I believe you're also watching um, a series on Yaqeen Institute. Um, I think in terms of spirituality, they're, they're very, um, like, insightful and good to, like, work with. Um, again, it's an app form. It's in you can go on the website, whichever is more convenient. Um, and then, like I mentioned, the app before um, the share the meal one. Um, there are some other apps on the Apple App Store, I believe, um, such as Ramadan Challenge, um, planners, checklists, duas, and calendars, um, which you can all search up and just like there are different. There's quite a lot out there. Um, and in terms of um, activity books and games and stuff, I've not really, <coughs> excuse me, I've not really come across um, many apart from that one I mentioned, that story book. Um, there is also um, on Amazon a Ramadan um, planner, which um, it, it does include um, a dua a day and like um, it also like gives you the translation, transliteration of the dua. Um, and it like encourages you to, you know, colour in like a circle to say that you've um after you've prayed your um sunnah prayers or for the nuafils. Um and even Dharawi and um if you've given um to charity that day. Um so it's it's quite a nice little activity book I guess you could say it is it is called the Ramadan Journal just search that up on Amazon and it's fairly cheap around three pounds so um yeah that's that's about all that I could find thank you sister Amna I think um those suggestions are good um I mean I must say I have done quite a few Ramadans um but I have never um, used the Ramadan planner until this year, and I'm finding it very helpful, mashallah. Um, I, I was introduced to this idea uh, by my daughter, and you know, I thought, oh, you know, I'm always teaching my children to have Ramadan goals or you know, set some objectives to be achieved or, or, way, or things to do and increase their deeds. And um, when they suggested that, oh, they, they received the Ramadan planner as, I, as a gift. And I looked at it and I thought, you know, this is very helpful. It actually uh, enables you to keep a record, you know, to reflect and, you know, monitor your progress throughout the month. So I decided that, you know, I, I will buy, buy some, you know, and I went online. And as Sister Amna said, Amazon did have quite a few. And they are, um, you know, they are um, reviews on, on these. And I found, you know, that you could even look, I didn't realize that you could actually look and see what's inside the Ramadan planner to help you decide, mashallah. Um, and there, yes, you have checklists, you know, suggestions for doing good deeds, uh, suggestions for, for dua, you know, did you observe tarawih, did you? And I, I found that, you know, it is helping me so far. I mean, today's day six, mashallah. Um, 
And, um, you know, I think I'm making good progress compared to, you know, previous Ramadans. And I think that's the whole point. You think you've done this before, but every Ramadan is different. Um, so yes, um, I don't have the app, but um, I'm a book person. <laughs> and and yes, I found, you know, Sister Amna, that suggestion of a Ramadan planner, um, I think it has really helped me. Uh, and I'm very positive about this Ramadan now. Um, um, Sister, uh, Sister Samar, um, do you have any suggestions of tools or things that people could use to help achieve their goals or keep their children occupied uh, this Ramadan? Yeah, definitely. I, I like the idea of the Ramadan plan. I still haven't um, got, in, got in the swing of using one myself. Um, I, I've got them for my kids, actually, and I find that it's really helpful because I think for um, young people especially, it's a nice way to track their progress and make them feel that they're, they're accomplishing something as well because I think for younger people, especially um, like, you know, children and teens, you know, it, it's, it's nice for them to be able to see um you know their progress like kind of their journey how they've started and like gone through something so they they can feel that they're they're moving forward basically and it just helps i think i think i feel like helps them to connect a little bit more as well give them that kind of sense of achievement so i think that's um it's really handy and beneficial um but in general i think um like for me personally i like to just i focus mainly on the quran and having lots of time during the day where we do specific like different things um because i said i'm not i'm not too much with technology i'm not this kind of like i like books as well like you so i don't really i don't know about any apps really but um i think during ramadan there's usually um different series that i will follow maybe on youtube for example um that are related to the quran because there's always different um series that are released specifically for Ramadan as well so I like to kind of keep up with those um one at the moment um that is happening is um for the channel um YouTube channel Al Madrasatu Al Umuriya is um a journey through the Quran with Sheikh um, Muhammad Hassan and then we have as well there's um Imam Yahya Ibrahim he also has his own YouTube channel and he does a just a day summary and I usually follow him every year like with that because it's, it's just nice to get a kind of like a refreshing look about like the hot juice because if you if you're especially if you're reading a just a day um you know to try to complete um, during the month of Ramadan the whole of the Quran then it's nice to have that kind of summary so even if you don't have time to read the full juice for example in the language that you understand you get a good kind of idea of what the juz is talking about because often we refer to um, each surah of the Quran as being a chapter, but actually the scholars they refer to the juz itself as a chapter. So it's not as we think that it's you know each surah is, a, is you know equivalent to a chapter. It's not really like that. It's the juz itself. Usually each juz has a specific kind of theme um, that it's kind of based around, and another one that i like as well for during the daytime usually i will listen to um if i get the chance is the quran circle which is on the huda tv channel and i really like that because it's basically um you know different um, reciters reading the quran and they'll um do some they do translation in english and then some commentary as well with it um so that's nice if you're busy in the kitchen for example cooking and things like that um so these are these are things that I usually um, 
as I said, I'm not I'm not really much with apps, but like when I'm in the kitchen cooking, which I'm, I don't spend a lot of time, I try not to spend a lot of time like in the kitchen during Ramadan in general anyways. But I think that for especially for mothers, women who are at home or a lot of us are at home now because since the whole um, situation with COVID and everything, I think it's beneficial. Like if we have things that we can listen to, um, even if at times maybe you might feel that you're tired to read for yourself or, you know, you're just relaxing. And, you know, just don't belittle any good deed that you can do. So even in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions those who remember Allah sitting, standing or lying on their side. So even if you're having a lie down and a relax, some people find it hard to have a nap during the day. But you could use your time for relaxing, even if you're not sleeping fully, you could just be, you could put something beneficial to listen to um, and, you know, take advantage of that and actually learn something that you could actually implement during your, you know, during your life. So I, that's, those are the things that I... Um, that I like, alhamdulillah, and um, as um, for mother and children things as well, I think it's important try to make specific time in the day to read Quran with your children as well, and um, if you can't read the Quran with your children for any particular reason, then try to get them to read with each other, like so if you've got like children who are different ages or even the same ages, just encourage them to read together as well, so I think that's important, something I try to do, I try to read the Quran with my children every day, and um, I get them to read with each other as well. So you can do your memorization, your or, or, um, revision of the Quran, as well as just reading, um, you know, pages of the Quran, different sections, for example. So give them targets. Um, and, you know, if they've got a Ramadan planner, then that's something that they can, you know, write down in their Ramadan planner that they've done during the daytime. They can tick off what they've read, what they've listened to, what they've memorized for example so these are um you know good ways to interact with the quran in general during ramadan jazakallah khair sister summer i think that's so so insightful uh mashallah i think those tools definitely are things i've been imbibing i mean i have listened to series by sheikh yahya ibrahim uh, and he too does work with the Yakin Institute that Sister Amna mentioned, but I didn't know he had a separate channel with this, as you suggest. Um, I definitely agree that, you know, focusing on Jews uh, rather than each chapter, we have 114 chapters and it's definitely not proportionate. Um, but yes, going by Jews and aiming for a Jews a day for those who wish to complete the Quran is helpful. Um, the other suggestions and tools, you know, at the end of the day, they're all reads as far as I'm concerned. They're all sources of knowledge. They're all sources of um, information. And they're all ways of, uh, you know, that we can engage and increase spirituality this month. I find useful uh, as well. And that suggestion of listening while you're doing stuff in the kitchen. Um, some people, that's where they will be for hours and usually enhance and increase your good deeds during that time, even though you have to do work in the kitchen or work or do or help your family. Um, here are some other suggestions from our uh, audience um, uh, on tools or ways to maximize uh, Ramadan. Uh, Rasha has said, you will miss a lot if you didn't plan Ramadan, uh, plan for Ramadan. One thing for me is a schedule containing all the tasks I want to achieve during the whole month and uh, put a check mark beside everything or everyone done. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, yeah, in those days, they used to say, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. But, um, you know, today is day six of Ramadan, and I don't think it's too late to try and think or adjust your plan. I think, you know, as the days go by, you revise your plan as well. 
to see how well you're doing. And again, that's where Ramadan checklist as an app or Ramadan planner as an app or book, uh, you know, may come in helpful. Uh, Ramadan calendar, Ramadan du'as, these are apps and tools that you can use to help yourself get through uh, achieving your goals this Ramadan, uh, as Sister Amna said as well. Uh, another comment, uh, planning out my day has really helped me, Sister Ruweda says. I'm a very busy person, so I needed to make sure I had a schedule in place so I wasn't overwhelmed with things I needed to do, especially university work, ibadat and, ibadat and sleep. Um, I agree. I think the reality is Ramadan comes, you know, at a time, it, it doesn't necessarily come when everyone's on holiday. We still have to, you know, work, you know, for a living. We still have to study. You know, we still have families to look after, homes to keep. So, you know, yes, definitely planning is very important. And I emphasize again, it's never too late to plan. It's never too late to look and think, oh, this isn't working for me. Um, you know, I need to look at it again and see if there's a better way out. And that's one of the reasons why we have this show. Um, Sister Amna, did you have any suggestions for tools, um, you know, or other things we can do to help maximize our, our Ramadan? I think we are like really lucky in this day and age as well. We've got a lot of different types of tools, I guess. Like you can, like our listeners right now are listening in, tuning in a uh, this video show and you can, you can listen to podcasts as well um, for free as well alhamdulillah so um, like I mentioned yesterday was um, Google Podcasts is free so it's a good one that I would recommend um, and then you've also got the books that we've already mentioned and our sister Samar had mentioned as well um, the Quran uh, Circle I believe on Huda TV um to watch as well as well as um patience and gratitude which is a book that she also recommended um and then the books the more classical books that you've recommended as well are, are great as well to read especially um i think it's fasting the great act of worship um it's it goes through the different um virtues and it's quite informative as well i find so there's loads of great suggestions that, as we've already um, mentioned as well, alhamdulillah. Um, so we've spoke about quite a bit today. Um, we've went, started off and we know now that obviously you don't, you don't need to, it's not just about the eating and drinking. There's the um, speech behind it. There's the spiritual connection as well as the physical. So it's about when you do eat, what you're putting into your body, as Sister Simone mentioned today, um, and we've got resources there to help us. Um, so yeah, Alhamdulillah, I think we've covered quite a bit today. Alhamdulillah, Kathira. Um, so yes, we have covered quite a bit uh, to our viewers. We have discussed reads uh, regarding and related to Ramadan now. Um, this is a special month. Even if you've done 40 Ramadans, you know, everyone is different. We've gone through the Quran, the Hadith, books, pamphlets, magazines, websites, audios. We've concentrated and tried to adapt these as tools to keep us motivated and enable us achieve the best and the most this month. Alhamdulillah. Um, Sister Amna, any final comments before we say goodbye? 
Yeah, alhamdulillah, I think we've covered a lot today, as I said. Um, so we've got all the resources that we need at our fingertips. Um, and it's, yeah, alhamdulillah, I think it's good for you to end the show, alhamdulillah. Well, alhamdulillah, Kathira. Sister Summer, any final comments? It's um, Ustad Abdurrahman Hassan. So I just wanted to correct that. Sorry, could you say that again, please? I don't think I got it. Okay, um, I said I just wanted to make a correction earlier on when I was talking about um, Al Madrasatu Al Muriya. Um, I mentioned it was by, um, they've got talks by um, Muhammad Hassan, but it's not Muhammad Hassan, it's Ustad Abdurrahman Hassan. Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair. So Jazakallah khair and kathiran to uh, my co-presenter Amna and our special guest today, Sister Samar of Niqabi Dari's. Uh, thank you so much to our audience. You've been wonderful. You've given us suggestions. You have given us comments and answers to questions during the live show. Jazakallah khair. Remember that you can listen to the read show live or watch recordings of it on Facebook or YouTube. Um, Thank you again for listening. May Allah make this Ramadan the best ever for us. May he grant us the maximum reward to be achieved therein. Um, and inshallah, we hope to see you again next Saturday, same time of 12 noon for another episode of The Read Show where we'll be discussing marriage and divorce. On Sunday, inshallah, we will be discussing the matter of death. Subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Wa nashadu an la ilaha ila anta. Wa nastaghfiruka wa tubi ilayk. Wa alaikum. Warahmatullah wabarakatuh.